All right, here we are. The special background music of the Highwaymen. <laughs> uh, we have a special guest here in the booth with us. It's Scarlet the Prayer Dog at long last. She is uh, licking my hand. You hear that crackling there. She does it much to the dismay of her mommy on the other side of the table. Now she's sneaking, licking my arm. I won't have to bathe for a week after Scarlett's done with me. Very gracious. But it's good to uh, be together again on this Saints Radio broadcast, and I hope, I trust that we are broadcasting. I'm sure we'll find out here in a few minutes, but we'll go on as if we are. What? What? What means of faith is this? <laughs> <laughs> I think Jesus would marvel. <laughs> yeah, he's marveling at that. He's marveling at the faith that we have. Speak the word only and you'll broadcast. Mm. Yeah. Ah, here we are in the merry, merry month of May. Yeah, I... I um, oh, that's very nice, thank you. I came in this morning for prayer and... Uh, well, let me backtrack just a little bit. Um, Sunday, as many of you know, we, we began a new week of, of intercession on behalf of the ministry that is, is about to happen, or that yeah. is ongoingly happening, but um, we're going to be in Brazil at the 1st of June for this gathering that's going to be extraordinary. So on Sunday, according to the prayer Progression. Progression, thank you, that, that you released for us, Pastor. We commissioned our intercessors to pray for um, a hunger and a thirst in the people, like true hunger and thirst for righteousness, for the vision of God, for what he is doing, really to receive the burden for intercession and um, the burden for the message of the saintly message and really to go forward as those of you that are listening we all have um, we know that burden comes quite by the spirit supernaturally as we open our heart and say yes but nonetheless um, it's a really significant week of prayer for us where we stand in the gap and we pray for the saints in Brazil sorry to that they would receive that they would open their hearts and receive this calling mm-hmm and, um, you know, there's no formula for that. There's no, you know, we can't even really impart that burden to people. It is just something that we can pray for and really believe the Lord will open the hearts of the people. But anyway, so Sunday morning I woke up and wasn't really thinking of anything when I woke up. But when I woke up, I immediately, like, sensed the love of God, like, just... This, this love of the Lord that, that I knew was his agape and I felt like it was drawing my spirit into the sanctuary mm. and that may sound weird to people but there's significance to the presence that's in this house and I know that that presence rests upon the houses of the saints and so I got up and did what I normally do got ready, came to church and spent an hour in prayer and then went to Sunday school and progressed through the morning but this morning, I 
did my normal routine for a Tuesday morning. I have my coffee, I spend time with the Lord, I read the scripture, I do my workout, I get cleaned up, and then I come here for prayer before radio. And, you know, I was, I was listening to the Sunday message while I was getting ready again, and, uh, but I really wasn't thinking of much other than I was excited about coming here for prayer and then for radio. And I walked in the door and I sat down and it was, it was like the spirit was like pouring pure water into me. Mm-hmm. And I lay down on the floor and it was literally like my thirst was quenched. And it was like, it was literally like pure water. Just I felt like just going into my body, into my spirit. And I say that to say, I mean, these are all these are all supernatural things that we experience, but totally unexpected. But at the same time, to me, very profound because I believe that on Sunday when we launched that prayer directive, I mean, we know the burden of the Lord. The foundation of that is agape. I mean, our prayer for these people is that they would breathe hard after the purpose of God. And that kind of sums it up, right? Mm -hmm. That they truly, from the depths of who they are, their breath, their spirit man, as the spirit of God is within them, would breathe hard after that purpose, and that would become a lifestyle for them. And then I know that I, just like you and the rest of us, have been praying for that hunger and that thirst. And, you know, I was thinking, well, you know, hunger... How do you demonstrate that? Well, for me, it was like the Lord was saying, I want you to fast this week. And and I want you to ask me to fill. Whenever you feel that hunger pain, you ask me to fill and satisfy that hunger pain. And that's really the way that I get through a fast these days, is when I feel that that gnawing in my, my physical frame and my stomach, I just ask the Lord, you know, just I want you to satisfy that hunger in me, that pain, you know, that discomfort in me with mm-hmm. your spirit and with your presence and he's so faithful to do that but I wasn't expecting the thirst thing I wasn't expecting that inflow of it was just like I don't even know how to describe it it's like maybe it was water from the river but it was like I can even see it now and just sense it it was so pure (laughs) and so you know why here why why didn't I experience that at home where I have a prayer closet and where I have, you know, a place where I fellowship and commune with the Lord, where I read the word and meet with the Lord and, and you know, why, why here? Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about just the children of Israel when they were sojourning through the wilderness and the Lord was so faithful to to, you know, to bring the cloud and the fire, you know, the cloud and the pillar of fire by day and by night to lead them, to command them from his mouth to go forth or to stay. And, um, and it would, you know, sit over the ark, where the ark was, which the ark was representative of the presence, right, of the Lord. So I say all that to say, um, I really don't know what all the Lord is is saying I'm just expressing what I've been sensing and knowing that we're supposed to pray without ceasing and we're supposed to just walk in this place of intercession but we also have to be faithful to the house we have to be faithful to the temple we have to be faithful to the place 
that is representative of his presence where he's called us. And um, I'm very thankful for that. Plus, I know that, I mean, how many times have we seen that river flowing through this house? I don't know. We can talk about the weather. But no, this is good. It just, it just, it God just, he continues just to, I continue just to marvel at his, at who he is and the way that he communicates with us and the way that he meets with us and the way that he, he is our source of all things and the way that he just answers our prayer and I don't know, it's just amazing. So, anyway, that's, be faithful. That's good. Be faithful. Um, yeah, there, there is certainly a, uh, a depth of his presence here today, in fact, and then during the prayer time I just kind of got lost, I lost track of time, and if there was a way we could have taken these mics, these microphones, down to the altar area, <laughs> just... Maybe we should do that sometime, have a Proscuneo broadcast where we just put the mics and pray from the from the place of being before him. Scarlett is already doing it. She's she's dog cuneoed here on the table. She's inspiring us. Um and this this is a week of of agreement for that hunger and thirst for individuals to really have an encounter with God that stirs them. It's kind of like that message from Mark 8 that you referenced where Jesus took the guy out from the town and did that measure of spitting on the um, on the guy's eyes and it opened up that that measure of um, how would you say it the measure of perception who he was oh. who this guy was and that then the function of being trees before the Lord was what Jesus touched first and we need, I, I know that we have experienced that, and I know that we have seen God impart that to others. But we need a heightened capacity to impart. And I, I was thinking about this this morning, and I thought, well, Jesus spat in the guy's eyes. He made mud in John 9 and put it on that guy's eyes that dealt with religion. He also spat on a guy's tongue who was deaf and a deaf mute. And um, But these were all things that Jesus did. And, um, you know, it's just like when we talk about the sprinkling of the blood we don't start cutting ourselves and sprinkling blood. We do it on behalf, obediently on behalf of the sacrifice Jesus made. 
and we don't start spitting on people, but we can believe for that capacity. Perhaps we can believe the Lord who is with us to um, impart that capacity to people. When we used to pray for people to receive unknown tongues, we'd say, Jesus is the baptizer. We'd say that. That's a good Pentecostal phrase. Well, Jesus is the spitter, too, you know. Just taking from what old good old King James said. You know, today is the 412th anniversary of the King James Bible. Really? Yes. Happy anniversary. Yeah, isn't that something? Mm-hmm. So... I was I was reading today, and the BBC had that. It said today is the 412th anniversary of when 1611, when the King James Bible was printed. So that's something. That is absolutely something else. So um, maybe we maybe we have to believe for that anointing because see that's the first thing Jesus touched with that guy and then after that came the physical healing of clarity I think there's a message in that for us too that for all these years we have focused primarily on people understanding that God has created them with an eternal identity and that they needed to see things that were spiritually laden to understand the capacities there and not focus on um, material things, as wonderful as they are. Um, that, that just, that you know, the more I think about that Mark 8 passage, it's just peculiar from so many reasons for so many reasons. Um, And so many of the factors there, God led us step by step through. But we need this anointing. We are asking for people to be hungry and thirsty. We We need a heightened anointing. faithful and he he is there to meet with any heart that opens up to him and and that's one of the things that we're praying for when we get to Brazil during these meetings is that the presence of the Lord will be there because we you know we don't want them to look to us mm-hmm. we want them you know, we'd rather be transparent for them to see the Lord and and yeah, we will be laying hands on people and anointing people in whatever way the Lord leads, but it's the Spirit of God. It's His presence that's going to minister and going to impart. And, you know, just the fact that, you know, I'm praying for this thirst, I'm praying for this hunger. And the Lord was just so readily there this morning to just pour it in. And to me, that's a very prophetic picture of what I believe is going to happen. 
right leading into that right you, know, you ask the lord lord how can we prepare the way is it us that prepares the way or is it him that prepares the way and you know how how do we partner with him in preparing the way and preparing the hearts to receive and i just i continuously marvel at the faithfulness and the goodness of god that when you ask he will he will give you life and life abundant and so to me that was very encouraging and i i mean i believe that river to be flowing where we are it can be a secular theater but his river can flow right through that altar area just like it does here and so it, it just it it excites me it really does so you know, it's, it's strange because this place where Jesus touched this guy, a neighboring, like a suburb, it's not a suburb, but that close was where he went through and the people would not believe. And he marveled at their unbelief. And um, we've been in places where the Spirit of the Lord was moving mightily or even here, even here in those early days when God was beginning to pour out. And there are some that just, for whatever reason, won't receive. They do not want to receive. And you're going to face people like that. You're going to encounter people like that. But we need to have those that are willing to just be as you said, mightily impacted so that it's a fire that's ignited in their bones that they can't lose. And that's needed. Yeah, it's interesting because I've been thinking a lot about this over the last couple of days in a way that I don't remember ever just meditating on. And, and just really asking the Lord, because, you know, we said there is no formula for this. There is, there really isn't. I mean, but what was it about you and about me and about all those that are listening and those that are standing and faithful at this time? What, what was it? What is it that caused us to not just say yes, but to stick with it, you know, to, to, I don't know, it's, because, I mean, we have, over the last 25 years, we have experienced incredible heartache for so many that did say yes, that did embrace what God was doing, and did truly get baptized in this fire alongside us, that then turned and and walked away and you know i'm not talking about people that maybe for certain circumstances stepped away and they're in another stream or whatever that's their business before the lord but i mean we've had the full spectrum of circumstances of why people have walked away and the path that they have chosen and you know from from 
And not that we'll ever have the answer to that because it's so just it's so deeply seated and intimate individually between us and God. But I can just tell you this is like this is like breath to me. I mean this to me is purpose and it is literally like my breath. <laughs> and I, I don't know how I'd be able to breathe. I mean, it's that mm -hmm. integral to my being. And it's not just doing things. It's not just being in ministry. It's not just being fulfilled because of ministry. It's not just because I've learned how to study the Word. It is so deeply grounded in intimacy and in relationship with the Father and with the Lord Jesus. And I don't know. I just, I, I wish that I wish that we could impart it, but I do know that we can demonstrate it. And I do know that, to me, one of the greatest compliments that anyone has ever given me has been, I want what you have. And, you know, if I can walk, if I can manifest his presence and his love and his spirit in a way that people see that and they desire that. Not me, not you, not even our giftings, not none of that stuff. I just mean the essence of who he is in us. That to me is the greatest witness that we have. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, it's, um, you know, that, that scripture that talks about uh, where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst. And we're gathering together in his name in Brazil, but this is one of many places that we're going. It can be France a few weeks later. It can be any other number of places where the Lord is going to expect for us to minister. I And I've never asked for this before. But we need Jesus to be there in the midst ministering mm -hmm. and praying with us <laughs> we need yes we need him to to do the things that only he can do breathing on people even this measure of spitting to either destroy religion and it's it's man-made structure to open up the tongue and the hearing the people to hear and speak and to reveal the the true vision of the Lord for the heavenly ministry on earth as it is in heaven those things the Lord imparted in that way and we can talk about the sprinkling of the blood, we should. We can talk about the cleansing of the blood, we should. We can talk about Jesus being the baptizer and filling with the Spirit and with fire, we should. But we should believe for these things. And so, I think that this hunger and thirst, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. He that thirst. Let him come unto me and drink. That was on the 
you know, that, that blind guy had to go to the pool of Siloam, which is where they got the water that he would pour out. We need that. And I, I think we should truly take some time to invite him to do that. Because we can't, listen, I remember in one meeting when we first, on the first trip into Brazil, and it wasn't, I won't even say what church it was, it was not Luciano's, but there were hundreds of people, and they're going through the crowd laying hands on them. And honestly, I know it's not about feeling, but I've been around enough to know when you're laying empty hands on empty heads. And there was nothing. I mean, it was just blank. And I, but, but then again, I've been here or in other places where the Spirit of the Lord was moving powerfully. And it's not about how people manifest but you can tell when someone's receiving. You really can. And there'd be five or six people where the Spirit of the Lord were just powerfully moving. And then you'd come to somebody and for whatever reason, it was totally closed. And that's between them and the Lord. I'm not judging anybody. You can stand there and try to holler it into them. You can try to knock them over. You can get other people there and just drench them from all sides in a siege-like ministry. We, we've tried sincerely lots of things, but you can't get, you can't get through. And, and the Lord, just very near to Bethsaida, went through this town, and he actually judged the town and said, you know, it's going to be more tolerable for, for these other wicked, for Sodom and Gomorrah than it is for you in the day of judgment. So, but there's nothing you can do. You can't make everybody receive. No, and too, I mean, we, we don't just want an experience. We don't just want them to have an experience. We want a result. <laughs> because you know, that's happening all over the place all the time. People have emotional experiences mm -hmm. and even spiritual experiences, and then they walk away. We need boots on the ground. We need discipleship. We need teachers. We need intercessors in these pockets of places that'll keep that fire yeah. burn those lamps burning because and that's just it I mean that is so much a part of our message if you don't pray I, I mean we've seen it over and over and over again if you stop praying yeah. you know it's it's that's why the message of of you know and it's not just intercession it's learning how to really commune with the Lord regularly I mean every day and in the secret place and you know corporately and that's why we're praying so strongly for these leaders and for these pastors because I mean those of us and probably those that are listening know that if our pastor was not fully engaged and sold out as an intercessor we wouldn't go very far because it literally, I mean, the oil flows from the top, right? And so we, these are just things that we're asking the Lord for. Yeah. 
and then two, he is asking us to go and demonstrate. And that's, I think, why there was such a push to, to really uh, encourage the intercessors to come and to, to demonstrate. I mean, not even demo, that's not even a good word. Well, to, to, well, to pattern, to pattern what it means, you know, we can talk about it, but you, as the leader of whatever meeting it is, um, it's very difficult for you to teach something and then also demonstrate it. I mean, if, if you're talking about having a group of intercessors, you as yourself can't be a group. And if they don't see it, they won't be it. Write to, write to Denise about that one. Uh, if, they're, if they're not seeing this demonstrated, then they don't really know what, what to do. And maybe this 30 or so people that are coming uh, as a network team, maybe all of us praying will generate the, um, the season of the Lord, like the rainforest. Maybe we will begin to manifest our intercessory capacities, and that will initiate the convection process that draws people up to the, to the secret place of thunder, and maybe that will welcome the former rain which we need for the time of planting. That's, so that, because we used to take what I'd call fuelers. When we first went, we had dozens of people that would be there praying, and that had an impact on, other, on a group because, you know, people are weird. We're all people, some maybe more than others, but they're peer-motivated. You know, if they see other people doing it, you see little kids. If if they see some other little kid doing something, they want to do it too. And it's not copycat. It's not some production. But, um, you know, you can preach this stuff, but you you got to have... you got to have somebody tend into the fire. And so... But we definitely need Jesus. Yeah, I mean, we talk about, you know, we don't want to just use the word demonstrate. And I know I was struggling with that because it's not, we're not just demonstrating. This is who we are. I mean, this is who we are. We are, this is who he is. This is our identity. And from our identity flows our function. Mm -hmm. And so we're just going and being who we are as we've surrendered to him. And he is, he is... I mean, how many of you can say 20 years ago, 25 years ago, I don't know when the Lord touched you with this. For us, it was 20, about 25 years ago, maybe longer. I lose track of time, and sometimes I think that's selective. <laughs> because when I think 25 years, I think, oh, dear Jesus. But, um, I mean, same person, but transformed into the image of, of, of who he's made me to be. Right, mm-hmm. over these last twenty-five years. So, am I the same person? I don't know. 
So anyway. Well, you are the same person, but, you know, there's a difference. It's weird because you've got to be as a little child to enter the kingdom, be converted and with regularity. Anytime God's beginning a new season or a new dimension of his seven spirits, you've got to become childlike and enter into it. But then on the other hand, you know, we've seen babies grow up. And as they grow up and begin to function as a, you know, hopefully a productive person, they're the same, but they're not the same. Yeah. So. I remember one of my, my high school teachers, she was actually my volleyball coach, and she was one of those coaches that was just put in a classroom to fill a classroom because that was the, the yeah. way they did it in the public school. That's how they could pay for the uh-huh. athletic people. If you're a coach, you have to at least teach one or two subjects. So she taught me physical science. Brilliant. I mean, Ph.D. in, your, in English history. I mean, she's a brilliant woman. But So she's, she literally, every single morning, she would go to the teacher in the next classroom. They had adjoining rooms. And he, of course, had studied physical science and the sciences, and he would basically tell her what to teach that day. I only knew this because she became wow. one of my best friends. So anyway, she taught me physical science, which I can't tell you one thing I learned but at this point. But anyway, she was also my volleyball coach. She told me once, she was very wise, and she said that um, you're not the same person when you turn 30 as you were when you were 20. And subsequently, you're not the same person when you turn 40 as you were when you were 30. And I've never forgotten her words because I do think about that. And I do think about, yes, I'm the same person. But what I've gained in the, the you know in those 10 years from 20 to 30 and then 30 to 40 and then 40 to 50, and we'll stop there, even though it goes on. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, my goodness. I mean, you, you make decisions in your 20s. And then you look back in your 30s and you think, oh, what was I thinking? Or I wish I had known then what I know now. You know, all those things in our journey yeah, of life. a Rod Stewart hymn that said that. <laughs> yeah. But that's, that's the same with our journey in the Lord. It is definitely line upon line. And um, aren't we thankful for what, we, aren't we thankful for what he has revealed to us and what we know today? But aren't we thankful for every segment of this journey as we've learned and grown and been refined and sanctified and become more like him and our hungers just deepen, you know, all the different ways that we've overcome and all the battles, all of those things. Aren't we thankful for those things? Because they basically made us who we are today. Mm -hmm. It's our testimony. So it's interesting broadcast yeah it is so you know i was thinking about the past few years where the lord has been accentuating the deposit of the spirit of god within us and what that does with our um our understanding our passion um and on all the other things we've we've talked about there and we we need that and more. Um, but 
I don't remember ever talking about just specifically in our calling, expecting Jesus to be walking in the middle of whatever we're teaching or whatever we're ministering. Now, arguably, we believe that, but we've never made that an emphasis. We've definitely not said, Lord, you know, apply your spittle anointing to these people. Yeah, Scarlet likes that. She's applying the spittle to my hand right now. Um, but Remember when, when we went on that that excursion <laughs> to um, well, what was the progression? Did we go to Greece first. We yeah, went we London. went to Greece and then we came back to London. And then we went to Uganda. Mm-hmm. And we were in London, and one of our activations was to go to the London Eye, which is um, one of their exhibits. Or yeah, yeah, big Ferris wheel. Yeah, big Ferris wheel. But you you get inside like this, what looks like a glass bubble. I don't know if it's in it. We call it the London Eye. I don't know why. I guess because it's a big circle. Yeah, but we did an activation about the spit in that eye. Do you remember that? You took the spit up there? See, I, <laughs> you know, I was right. there. <laughs> you, I think, were leading the charge. There was somebody else maybe that was responsible for that activation. but Was it Sean, maybe? Uh-huh. Well, you know, no, at Sean that... and Les were on the river, so they did the river activation. Okay. And then we went straight from the river to the eye. Well, they, they, there was that was when Harry Potter was first coming out, and J.K. Rowling had all those little kids wearing, you know, in England, and we were talking about how the enemy was trying to open up that generation into the into the the wicked dimensions, and so I think that was part of that particular activation. Go ahead, because I. No, I, you that's tell all it, I remember about You tell it, Mary. You no, know no, better I, than me. I just remember we took spit and, and mud and I think rubbed it on the side of that eye. We might have. <laughs> I'm sure we did. We've done some crazy things. I remember that. Well, how that's, those pods held like almost 18 people, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, well, this this is a different broadcast, isn't it? course this coming saturday is first saturday yes which is really a focus on um this week of prayer uh we have the two we have the two things um the uh the dimension of uh, spiritual hunger and thirst among the people for a visitation of fire upon the pastors and leaders of the churches, as well as an enhanced stirring and calling within intercessors and those especially called to be intercessors. Now, we've said that everybody's called to be an intercessor, but you know as well as I do that there are some that it's kind of like being able to make lunch and being a chef. Everybody's called to feed themselves. Some just know how to to create in that process so isn't that true what i'm saying there are some that are really more um 
profoundly designated as, a, as an anointed intercessor, but all of us need to be interceding. Anyway, but the other thing with this, um, um, this Sha'al prayer, um, we, we were specifically focusing there on leaders. And like when Joshua was brought before Eliezer the priest, and he was empowered to be able to Sha'al, which is an interesting... We often focus on Joshua getting wisdom when Moses laid his hands on him. But here, before the priest, he was able to Sha'al for counsel and the judgment of the Urim. Uh, I think that's interesting. But then Elisha saying... Elijah saying to Elisha, "If you 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 need to ask before I go, because um, I'm going to be caught up here." So, this is what we're agreeing on for um, this week. But I think that from my heart, and everybody can feel this in a different way. However, they register. And I, I can't speak with you, even though we share many things in common. I can't speak for so many of the ones that are hearing this right now. But I know what it's like to be able to bring, to be privileged to bring the word that you know is God's word for that group and feel that it's just not being received. And I, and I know what it's like to want to impart things that the Spirit has sent you to impart and to know that you're not really making a dent. And God brings us. It's not because you've not declared and decreed. It's not because you, you're missing something. There are times where people, God sends you to places knowing full well that they're not going to receive. He wants them to receive, but that's just the case. And you can cite illustration. I mentioned one earlier. Yeah, when Jesus went into the yeah. town. And, and that was right near. Beth. And I think that the reason for that, from what I've been studying, is that that Chorazin place um, was so indoctrinated with the demonic. And I think that it was that they just, were set in their ways and they weren't buying it. They just weren't. But then there are others that just don't believe. Like, well, when that guy said, Lord, I believe, help thou my unbelief. Mm -hmm. There's more to that story. Was that the centurion? No. He had great faith, remember? Yeah. Um, <laughs> totally. Jesus marveled at your great <laughs> where, faith. Where did that come from? <laughs> There's, there's more to that than, and maybe we'll look at it. We've, we've already had a great point of understanding regarding why Jesus prayed for this dude twice. He didn't need a do-over. And the mental gymnastics that people have gone through trying to explain that passage while dancing all around the, the essence of it, that just, which I'm not sure we would have seen it had we not known what God's shown us. Man is trees walking. 
the deep place of your spiritual perception, the epitheme, where whatever God has put in you is being stirred by the, the touch of Jesus. Those three things we've experienced, and because we've experienced them, the Lord has allowed us to understand this passage to a greater degree. And then the emphasis on trees, the things that he's been showing recently as to what what that means. For this guy to see trees manifesting or demonstrating themselves, all of these factors that God has shown us, all of the things that I just mentioned, and in God's timing, we've not been able to understand this. So there's an empowerment to God saying, here's what it means, and we need to utilize that empowerment. But there's more to that other passage, Lord, I believe, help thou mine belief. I believe that. I've mentioned it. There wasn't that the guy whose little kid was wallowing on the ground. Clearly, I don't remember. <laughs> um, you know, it it there's there's more to some of these passages than than we have been able to see, and that's part of the the ministry of um of the of the living word. Um, yeah, it was the father of the child, Mark 9. It's in the very next chapter from Mark 8. Straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help thou mine unbelief. Um, and when Jesus saw the people come running together, he rebuked the foul spirit, <laughs> which was an unclean spirit. Um this is this is so strange because this is right after the Mount of Transfiguration. So he, he leaves Bethsaida and um, um, okay, between Bethsaida, which I'm learning more and more was a place that firmly believed that their blessing was coming from their worship of the enemy. And then Right after that, according to Mark, Jesus says to Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan. <laughs> and then they go up to the Mount of Transfiguration. And then they come down the mountain, and there's this unclean spirit in this little boy. Um, still, still, we don't know. Mary Magdalene had seven demons in her coming from Magdala, which was a city on the coast of that sea. The Gadarene demoniac had a, an army of demons on the coast of that sea. All around that sea were bastions of the demonic. So, but then you see the woman, when Jesus was on the coast of the, of the Med, the woman comes and says, you know, my daughter is demonized. Um, and he said, the dogs shouldn't eat the bread that's for the children. <clears throat> and you got this guy whose son is demonized from a child. There's a weirdness about what the enemy's trying to do to our children today. 
to indoctrinate them, to confuse them. And I, I believe there is a possession that he's trying to inflict on this this little little one's generation. So you got this guy who doesn't really say how his kid got demonized from a child. <clears throat> You've got the woman at Tyre and Sidon who, whose daughter was possessed. You had Mary, who we're assuming from the time she was a child, was embodied by the Council of Seven in a unique way. I think that there is an anointing that God is giving us to combat that demonic infusion of the little ones. And maybe, maybe there's an anointing that we should be accepting. The enemy's coming in this way. What is the sevenfold way that God is wanting to release into the babies and the little ones? We need to believe for that too. See, the Word of God isn't random. There's, there are so many layers of understanding that are there for us. And that's the unsearchable riches. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm just amazed by even the things that the Lord is saying to us today. Anything further you want to say in these waning 11 minutes? We started a little bit later. We've got 11 minutes left. Well, I would just say whether or not you're planning to go to Brazil and be a part of the ministry team or stay put where God has planted you and pray. I know the Lord has shown me that both are equally as important. So be faithful to pray. Be, you know, count these next number of weeks as vital in your intercession. And um, be faithful this, sun, this Saturday for first Saturday or this weekend. <clears throat> where we come before the Lord together at his throne on behalf of these things we've been talking about. And we're going to see some incredible things. Mm. Yeah. I mean, this really is, I know that there's been other ministry trips that have gone forth. You've been into Brazil once, twice, since the lockdown. Since COVID? Yeah. Once. Once. I mean, this is this is really our official step back in, apostolically, mm -hmm. into the nations. And that's no small thing. So... Yeah, you know, it's um I was thinking about when John saw the Lord in Book of Revelation and it said that he his eyes were as a flame of fire and you know, he had a sword came out from his mouth 
um, and he spoke to about the seven churches. And I was thinking of the places that Jesus supposedly, what well, not supposedly, places Jesus spat. And those were the three things, the religion and the tabernacles, the, the eyes, and the, uh, the tongue and hearing. We need that for this work to be done. You have not because you ask not. We ask for this. What what they are what the spitting? Yeah. Well, he tongue, spat on the tongue, the and, and and that opened the guy's ears in speaking. Spat on the eyes, for this personal expression, and he put the mud for the religious thing for tabernacles in John nine. Um. I asked Luke what the French word for spit was, and he said it, but I couldn't, I couldn't really, I couldn't really repeat, repeat it. It. it is, it is unrepeatable. It, it, it cannot say it. Um, of course, then, the, the people at the, uh, the cross, they spat on the Lord. So there, they're spitting. And that's that's a weird thing, you know. People spit. Uh, they spit in his face and buffeted him. This is, I can't believe we're talking about this. <laughs> I mean, it's in the Bible, so. Mm-hmm. What an odd thing. It is odd, isn't it? Yeah, it's just, it's not, I mean, in our culture, it's not necessarily a, a positive, pleasant thing to do. Mm-hmm. I think it's used more in the negative. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's really. Yes, that's right. It is. It is a. We're talking positive, but it's usually used for the negative. Um. I used to cringe when I would see like a mother spit on her finger and then wipe some <laughs> off her kid's face. I, mean, I, I just. I, uh, oh my goodness. And then they say that a dog's mouth, the spit in a dog's mouth is more pure than the spit in a human's mouth. I don't know if that is true. It seems like I've heard contrasting views on that. But because I, I mean, I see my dogs, what they do with their. You know, I, it's hard for me to believe that, but I know there's a natural cleansing that I think dogs have that we probably have too, the way God made us. But anyway, this is very strange. But it's in the Word. Well, if we were Sorry. calling, if we were titling this broadcast, it could be the the water of the river and the spit broadcast. Because you started with the waters, and here I've drawn us into spit, spitting contest. Well, you know what? I remember, and here I'm going back again. I don't know how many years it was, but it was over New Year's Eve when we had a drink fast. Do you remember that? 
Yeah. And you called a fast where we were not to drink, like from noon, maybe until midnight. I can't remember the specifics about it. And we had a prayer time that evening. And then <clears throat> Olivia and I, we were, we were together. We, we were driving in the car and hadn't had anything to drink for like 12 hours. And it was the funniest thing because we were both so parched. <laughs> I mean, it, it was really funny. Because for me, I mean, if I'm in a fast, it's a lot easier for me to fast food than it is water. Yeah. It's very difficult for me to fast water. Um, so and the whole thing is just super interesting. And I know that the Lord is going to reveal even more. Because this is one of those things, like you said, I mean, it breaks the religious spirit, but it also breaks just the mindsets that we have about things that Jesus would actually do that and it's good for those things to be broken off of us because I mean just like the unexpected I walk in and I just feel like I'm being filled with that pure water that was the most unexpected thing that was the spirit of the Lord huge surprise wonderful blessing for me personally and I know that it's something that he's going to do while we're in Brazil but, you know, we talked last week about just our, I can't remember the context that we spoke about, but that our perception and that, that we would be able to think, the wisdom, we were talking about wisdom and the spirit of the Lord, um, bringing that wisdom of creativity that we'd be able to break out of the box and partner with the Lord in just the most creative, carnally absurd Mm-hmm. but spiritually real manifestations in the way that he's going to reveal himself and move. Yeah. And so that's very exciting to me. Yes, it is. Yes. Well, we definitely need to be believing for these things. And But then again, I can re- there are a lot of things I don't remember conveniently, but there are a lot of things that I do remember, and I can remember many journeys that the Lord was commissioning us to take teams or to to go into and the type of prep that he would ask of us this is different this is really different Mm -hmm. so so it's good all right well thanks everybody we'll look forward to being with you tomorrow on Wednesday night live and we'll also uh be watching for prayer. I'm going to be here very early on Saturday morning because it's election day and I'm going to be here um, unlocking for those dear folks probably at 5.30 in the a.m. So when I finish that and have some java and get myself acclimated to the fact that it's actually morning, I'll be coming on into the sanctuary. You know, see, that's it. We still have a minute. We've we've changed somewhat over the years here. Uh, and I know that many of you, when you pray on First Saturday, you bring everybody together. That's great. Um, we, over the years, we have lots of times where we try to bring everybody together. But on the Saturday mornings, we just ask people to come. And they need to do what God leads them to do to come. And sometimes there are 
a number of people here together. Other times it's just one person and then somebody else, um, um, somebody else. How do you say that? Crache. You have to you have to do a crache. That's the French word. Um, anyway, so this coming Saturday, please pray. Our congregation will be coming in at various times during the morning. I know that's offsetting for some that are used to having everybody there together and marshalling it through. And there's one reason we did that. When we started traveling a lot, if you were reliant on me being here, well, what happens when I'm gone, when I'm ministering somewhere? Um, if you were relying on some big poobah of prayer to be here and they're not here, how do you meet God? And so we want people to grow and mature and do what they need to do before the Lord. And to me, I enjoy times when it's just me in here alone. But I also enjoy times when there are one or two or when there's a whole group. There are different ways that the Lord meets with you. And I, I, I feel badly for people who can't see heaven. I, I don't want to say can't who don't believe that the heavens can open in their house when it's just them. I feel badly for them. Because some of the most wonderful times, even this morning at 5, the Lord just came down. And I was he was talking to me. I was talking to him. That's not just for the pastor. That's for everybody. God wants to meet with you. I mean, you know, John, that's Katie's calendar. We had to have a calendar here. I couldn't find a far side calendar for this year, a wall calendar. So anyway, let's meet with the Lord however you meet. Um, but let's pray this Saturday. Okay, we're done now. Thanks, everybody. God bless you. Goodbye.